Hey guys and welcome to Selfie. We are continuing in our summer Enneagram series. If you're just popping into this series, you might want to head back a couple episodes where we do an introduction of all of the numbers and then we've been going through them sequentially. Today we are on Enneagram 6, the loyal skeptic. I've got Mickey Scott Bay Jones here with me. She's an Enneagram expert to help us do a deeper dive on that type. And then we are revisiting an interview with Carly Lane, who's an Enneagram 6, and shares her own experience of that type. Hope you'll enjoy. All right, well, today Mickey and I are talking about Enneagram 6. Mickey, what does Enneagram 6 lead with? What are some of the traits of Enneagram 6? Yeah, so our um, sixes, they're often known as the loyal skeptic or Mm -hmm. the loyalist or the questioner. And, um, you know, they are really motivated to seek safety by preparing Mm -hmm. for possible harm and challenges. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're experts in, in... anticipating harm I um say like if there's going to be an apocalypse it's really important to have a six on your team because they will have all of the gear ready for the apocalypse um you know they're like the archetype could be the mama with the big purse right like has everything you could possibly need in it you need a band-aid they got it you need hand sanitizer they got it um (laughs) and you know they are usually experts in worst case scenario thinking. Yes. And their attention is, is focused on those potential threats. I have a, a, a dear sister who is a six and, um, you know, she was a police officer. She, mm-hmm. to this day, if she is in a room, she's going to sit with her, with, with an, a line of sight to the door, right? Mm-hmm. You're not about to catch her off guard. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're vigilant, scanning, doubting. Um, So Mm -hmm. doubting of themselves and of others. Um, And Mm -hmm. they really have this core strategy of either confronting the thing that they're afraid of or hiding from it. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're really highly skilled thinkers. So it's not like they're just afraid. They are thinking through what could happen. Um, yeah. and they're, they're really sensitive to like double meanings or messages mm. and, um, they share with this, with the eights kind of this preoccupation with power and authority. Yeah. Be- talk about that. Yeah. Because again, they're scanning for danger for what could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so they want to know who's in control or who's in power mm-hmm. and, and are yeah. you preparing right? Or do I need to prepare extra because you aren't actually prepared? So I heard this data point that Enneagram sixes though are also more likely to fall in line with like me and it doesn't necessarily have to be right wing or left wing, but they tend to fall in line with more, um, I don't know, fascist Mm. regime. Like they're more likely to be Trump fans or they're more likely to be very into an, Antifa, like that they tend to be, once they let that skepticism down, they're more, I guess, um, susceptible. Yeah. Well, to, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that probably comes from the loyalist part of them, right? Like they are going to, once they're, once they're entrenched, entrenched in a position, they're going to double down. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. And so. Which was surprising to me. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's about, um that like 
knowing what you know. You know, yeah. they've got to actually yes. know that they know that they know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, somehow start to soothe that constant skepticism mm-hmm. or hypervigilance. Um, so, yeah, they can have difficulty with authority. But this is also where we can get some mistyping, right? Because eights who, I mean, sixes um, will be hyper loyal. And so they will like rush in and like, you know, if they're that kind of six, they're going to like, what are you trying to do, right? If their authority mm-hmm. figure is, is, is you know, um, questioned, yeah. right? So they will mm-hmm. stand up and defend yes. this belief or this authority figure in mm-hmm. their life. Um, or what, or the thing they think to be right. Um, and so people will mistype them as eights because they will see the aggression yeah. that comes out in a six that's hyper loyal and then hyper vigilant about anybody who's trying yeah. to take down yes. the person or the, you know, mm-hmm. the movement that they're loyal to. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What does an Enneagram six really living in health look like? Uh, well, sixes are pretty great in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they um, they are prepared. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yes, you know, great trip planners, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, they ask really great questions. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because they're trying to scan for danger and everything that can go wrong, they're very thorough mm-hmm. in what they're going yeah. to ask for, and. I, um, I learned this from one of my panels is that um, instead of just like one internal critic, like type ones really struggle with um, mm-hmm. or, or have is that sixes sometimes describe their kind of inner voice as like a panel of folks mm. or a, a mm-hmm. committee. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, but did you think about that? Oh, what about this? Did you ask mm-hmm. them about that? And so, yeah. but it's not always bad. It's like, it's not always bad and focused on them. It's just like, have we looked at everything, everybody? Like, yes. it's a group voice. And so um, there's a lot of internal conversation going on with a yeah. six. Um, and so when they bring that to you know, work or Mm -hmm. a family, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're able to help us all slow down a little bit and ask some more questions and, and have some healthy doubt and skepticism, Mm -hmm. right? Because we don't just want to take things at face value. We don't just want to, you know, trust that the government's going to take care of us or, um, you know, a, a funny thing that I know a six does is like, they always ask for extra, a friend of mine always ask for extra salt on their fries. So they have to make the fries new. Right. Which is like, <laughs> it's like, it's that person's way of making sure the food is fresh. Yes, But it's uh-huh. like, it's not a neuroses. It's not yeah. that like that important, but it's like, they are not going to let themselves or the people they love be fed, you know, like yes. day old French fries. And they it, know where the exits are in the room. <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, when you have that bil- ability to sort through yeah. um, 
you know, when somebody might not be good for you or whatever, mm-hmm. sixes are, are really tuned yeah. into that. They're very, yeah. um, kind of sensitive to those potential yeah. threats or what might not quite be fully mm-hmm. thought out in a situation. Um, and so they're going to be able to help the rest of us think through that kind of thing. Yeah. And so what does self-care look like for someone who's wired to maybe be a little hypervigilant, a little anxious? Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, some sixes are prone to, to worry and procrastination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and really kind of actively bracing themselves for things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you can get lost in that vortex of procrastination um, or uh-huh. preparation, Right. Somebody that's just continually preparing for the thing and never actually does it. So I think that for a six, self-care can look like doing things without preparation. Mm. You know, like spontaneity. I'm just going to go do the thing because I want to do the thing. I'm going to go to a climbing gym for the first time this weekend. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do any research. I just, you know, if my friend goes here and I'm going to go with them, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, uh, being okay with showing up unprepared or, Uh you know, but that kind of, or, um, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to frame that in a way that's self-care, but it's like, um, you know, trusting, finding practices that help you trust in the universe, the, you know, your community, whatever to hold you in that space. Yeah. Um, and so that'll look different for everybody, but like, how do you find some, some ways to just kind of almost like a, tr- I have this image of a trust fall in my mind, right? Like, yeah. How can you do some trust falls with people, you know, yes. or love or, um, with yourself? Um, mm-hmm. you know, nothing big. I'm not saying like buy yeah. a house without yeah. seeing it, but just, <laughs> you know, practicing, um, totally. trust falls in a, in, in like emotional, spiritual ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And how do we best love our six friends? Hmm. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, again, I want to pass on some of the wisdom from the six panel is, um, they said it was really important for them that we don't downplay their anxiety. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Um, I mean, in a lot of ways, the world is a scary and dangerous place Mm -hmm. and they have a a real deep internal sense of that. Mm -hmm. So how do we honor that uh, without feeding their hypervigilance? Right. I mean, we don't want to like, right. Make it worse. Enable. Right. Right. (laughs) But, um, we shouldn't be dismissive of anyone, but right. You know, for other types, you can come to trust or faith more easily, Mm -hmm. really, um, uh, honoring the sacredness of a six, a six's faith, a six's trust. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, doing what we can to be Mm -hmm. worthy of that trust. And of that faith. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. 
All right, well next we're gonna hear from someone who's an Enneagram 6. Type six. I have a great, we have a great interview um, with Carly Lane coming up, who's actually a college student at a university in Texas, and she's getting ready to start graduate school in English. But it was really, um, I love talking to Carly because she's this young, fresh voice, you know? Um, she's fantastic. So the six is the loyalist, right? And they say that the six is the most common type. They do. Which which I, is ironic because I don't know that many of them. Uh, yeah, I would have to agree with that. Such an interesting type. So let's uh, dive into this interview with Carly. So thanks for joining us, Carly. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sarah. I am really excited to learn more about sixes because that was kind of my second runner up. I tied a six and a nine. And so I've been reading a fair amount about sixes. So how how did you even like come upon the Enneagram and all of this? Yeah, so I don't exactly remember when it was, but maybe like five or six years ago, I saw the word Enneagram written for the first time. And it was actually through Lee Kramer's blog, um, who's an awesome resource for the Enneagram. And so I read about it back then, and I think I might have even taken the test, but I don't really remember what I got um, and just kind of like put it aside. Not many people were talking about it that I knew at that point. Um, and so it wasn't until a couple years later, well, and I even remember back then asking someone about it and I mispronounced it. I said, like, have you heard of the Enneagram? And they said <laughs> the Enneagram. And I was like, oh, yeah, that must be it. That's how you say it. Um, so that's as, that's how much I knew about it back then. But I'd say like for the last year and a half, um, it's been a huge part of my life as I've learned more about it. So I went back and took the test again. And I think I actually got a three the first time that I took it, which is funny that you said that six and nine were really close for you. That's kind of the whole triad there. But um, yeah, so I got three and read about it and was like, well, maybe kind of. Um, and then read about all the types and landed on like six. I was like, that's that's me. I think that's the one. Um, and then now when I like go back and take the quiz, I always get six. But it's like I've heard a lot of people kind of having the same experience. And so I think yeah. those online tests are helpful. But when people tell me that they take them, I'm like, that's awesome. But also like make sure you go back and read because, you know, like you could just kind of be behaving a different way because of something going on in your life or whatever. And like three is my stress arrow, I guess. So at that point when I took the quiz, like that might have been kind of where I was operating from rather than my true type, I guess. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I feel like that's kind of been a common theme with a lot of these interviews. Several of the people that are yeah. really, that know a lot about the Enneagram haven't even taken the test. So what was it about the six? So, you know, you were thinking you were a three, but you weren't really sure. When you started reading more about the six, what was it that really resonated with you? Um, I think, well, I started reading the six and it was kind of like that sinking feeling like, oh no, like <laughs> this is me. And I, yeah. I've heard other people say that too. It's like reading through your diary. You're like, how did they know? Um, but I think really 
knowing that I'm a type six has given me language for things I've known my whole life, but didn't know how to put into words or didn't know that other people felt the same way, you know, who are type sixes. And so, um, sixes have like this strong need for security. That's how they're motivated. And I totally get that. Like that is how I make decisions and how I operate, Um, And then just like kind of specific examples, one of the biggest for me is that sixes build a network of support wherever they are because they're loyalists. That's kind of the other word for it. Um, And so I um, read about being a six and thought immediately to, oh, my goodness, I have done this in my life. So my mom died when I was nine. And since then, I've kind of cultivated this group of second moms who have um, helped me to grow up and like really just been with me in every facet of life. And it's so important to me to like have a group of people like that. And I think that it's something that's always been important to me, but just, I didn't have the language to know like, oh, I needed to do that. It wasn't just a good idea. Right. Like that was really something important. And that kind of touches on the whole security part of the Right, six. totally, so yeah. actually you were feeling this need in yourself to feel more secure and have kind yes. of, you know, this group around you. So I mean, mm-hmm. I, when I'm reading um, about the sixes, it seems that, you know, fear is the word that you use a lot. And, um, which kind of court, you know, it, it coincides with talking about security as well. Um, do, do you feel like, um, you're a fearful person in general? Yeah. Um, I, I would say so. Um, so a way that I've heard it put, which has been helpful to me is that rather than six is really being motivated by fear, it's more this underlying anxiety. So fear is like there is a grizzly bear in the room and it's going to attack me. But anxiety is like, well, a grizzly bear could walk into my room and attack me or like I could fail that test or I could whatever. Um, And so that's kind of always the thoughts going on in my mind, like this could happen, you know, like what if, what if. Um, So it's really, it's not like present threats in the environment. It's not fear as that definition. It's more of just like a worst case scenario kind of Mm. thinking. Um, And it's something that I didn't realize, like not everyone does that (laughs) is something that I've learned through the Enneagram. Like not everyone's thinking what could go wrong at every single second of the day, but I'm totally doing that. Oh, I'm totally doing that too. And that's when I really (laughs) was like, oh, am I I sure I'm not a six? Because I I do the same thing. And you probably find, you know, it's funny we talk about these like dark sides or these strengths or these weaknesses and the whole anxiety thing in general, I think for anxiety is really interesting in that, yes, we spend a lot of time overthinking these situations that probably are never going to happen. But at the same time, I think sixes, and I've read this as well, when they're actually in the midst of the crisis, they are the most calm people there because they've thought about it so many times that they're ready to act in crisis. Yes, totally. I always surprise myself with that. Like I am just like a ball of nerves thinking about what could go wrong. But when that thing actually does go wrong, it's like, oh, oh, okay. It actually happened. Like I've already rehearsed this in my head. I know exactly what to do. It's, it's funny. So, I mean, that's obviously a strength right there. Although that probably doesn't happen very often. (laughs) Hopefully you're not in some like major crisis situation. Yeah. But what would you say are some of your other strengths in being a six? Um, well, I think that 
sixes, so loyalty is one of the other traits in addition to kind of being um, anxious about things. And so I am able to be like the loyal skeptic friend in relationships Mm -hmm. and ask the hard questions and kind of troubleshoot things that could go wrong. Like I, I can look at a situation and easily pick out like that's going to go wrong, you know? Yeah, Um, Yeah. And so I've kind of learned to um, I guess grow that in myself instead of like sitting back and saying like, yep, I knew that was going to happen. You know, like telling people up front and being like, Hey, I'm noticing this situation and I wonder if we could better do it this way, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, I'm certainly someone who like goes down with the ship. I have a really hard time letting go of relationships and beliefs and that sort of thing, which can be a negative when those kind of things need to be let go of. Right. But also I've seen as a strength in my life that relationships are just very, very important to me. Yeah. Well, they are to sixes. Definitely. Yeah. You know, like you said, creating that support around you. So, um, do you find that you're drawn to certain types? Do you have more friends that are a certain type than other? That's an interesting question. I well, so I keep a list in my phone of you all of my friends' types. Yes, isn't that so <laughs> weird? Um, I don't know why I do this. I I truly do not know. But um, maybe it's because I just I care about relationships so much, and I love seeing the way that like I interact differently with different people who are different types. I don't know. But yeah, like I I have this list. I mean, you and Kristen are on there because I consider you friends. Like you you totally are. Um, Like anyone that I know who's told me their type, they're on my list. And I'll have friends like text me and say, do you know any other like type eights? Like, have you heard of anyone? You know, and I'll like send them a list of like six people. Like, yeah, you might know these guys. I Um, love that. (laughs) But anyways, so yeah, I, I think that I've always been attracted to friends who are type nine, just because that's kind of the direction that I go in growth. And so I see things in them that it's like, yeah, sometimes that is me, but not all the time. And I wish it was, you know, because that's like when I'm really insecurity. Um, But sixes are interesting because they're kind of like social chameleon is a word that I've heard used for it. And they change a little bit with whatever type that they're with. So that's been interesting to see. Like sometimes I take more of a backseat in relationships and sometimes I have more things to say, you know, and I think it's, it's kind of neat to have more language for that instead of just being like, I'm different with this friend than this one. Right. But to see why. Yeah. Well, I agree. Threes are the same way. Threes are very Mm -hmm. much social chameleons when they're out. Yeah. Definitely adapt to who they're with and kind of change their style. Um, I think, honestly, I think it's a great idea that you keep that list because I, I feel like since I've really gotten into this over the past you know, couple of months, so helpful me, for me in realizing what people's motivations are. For instance, my husband's an eight, which is the challenger. And we've yes. been together for 17 years. And I'm just starting to realize things about him from reading about his type that makes so much sense to me. So I think it's amazing to kind of keep that in the back of your head when you are dealing with someone in a certain type, because it can be extremely helpful in understanding where they're coming from. Yeah, that's so true. It's been like the best thing um, to breed empathy for me, just for how other people do things. Instead of being frustrated by something or just kind of not understanding, saying like, oh, you're motivated by something completely different than I am. Of course, you're going to respond differently to the situation. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you think 
what do you wish other people understood about being a type six? Um, well, one of the things that I feel like is most misunderstood by people who I talk with is just like the fact that I'm a type six. So like people know in my life that I love the Enneagram and I'll like make them go take the test and then of course tell me what they are. And they'll say like, yeah, like I loved it. I read about mine. And they're like, but I read about yours and you're a type six. Like that doesn't make sense. And I think that a lot of times sixes don't come across as the, what they're described as because they hide that underlying Mm -hmm. anxiety so well. Like sixes come across a lot of times as like funny, warm, people who like look like they have it all together. And um, so I would say that that is definitely something that is misunderstood a lot. Just the fact that like you are a type six. Um, And then also sixes are kind of a bundle of contradictions at times. A lot of people, I think six has been said is possibly the most common type. Yes. Um, But it's interesting because there's like two different veins of sixes. So there's counterphobic and then there's phobic. And you can flip back and forth, um, but usually you're maybe more one than the other. So one... Um, like responds well to authority, wants to please authority. Those are the people pleasers. And then the other one immediately questions authority and can sometimes be mistyped as an eight because they seem so deviant in what they do according to authority. So that's an interesting facet as well. Um, And something that I didn't know until I started looking more into the type. Wow. I had never heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. I had read somewhere that, yeah, you can, that Either you're just right in line with authority or you really can kind of be like, mm, I'm not so sure right. about this. So which one do you lean towards? I lean more toward the phobic one, which is being loyal to and really okay. aware of who's in charge. Like I love knowing the rules and I feel very secure when I know the rules. Like I'm a people pleaser and operate from believing that security kind of lies in other people. Right. But I can look at different parts of my life too and notice like, oh, like I was more counterphobic in that situation. Like I didn't trust that person until I had a reason to and that kind of thing. So let's just say that a lot of people that are listening to this are taking the test this week or, you know, they're looking Mm -hmm. into it, looking at the books and some of them, well, since it is the most common type, (laughs) maybe a few, a lot of them are going to find out they're sixes. So what advice would you give to those who have just found out that they're a six? Yeah, I would say that even if you don't know much about being a six, but you find out that's what you are, you probably know that you're operating from this place of fear or anxiety, whatever you want to call it. And one of the most helpful things to me in that has been that... So it seems like the antidote to fear, the way to combat that is to just be brave and have courage, right? But that's actually not the most helpful thing in my experience. And I found that courage assumes that we have this sort of certainty, like certainty that it's all going to work out and be okay. And that's just not realistic for a six. Like I'm never going to get to this place of certainty. And so instead of focusing on courage and bravery, I've shifted my focus to faith and just having faith in the fact that things are going to work out even without certainty, you know, and having faith in things that are more powerful than me, like God and love and friendships and that sort of thing. And so really just changing that focus from just like, I must be brave in this situation because I'm so scared Mm -hmm. to a focus on faith instead. Oh, that's really lovely. 
That is really very well put. Well, thank you so much, Carly, for joining us. I, yes, yeah, absolutely. I know, I know about you sixes now. Yep, you know, all there is to know. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Continue the selfie conversation with us on Instagram at, at selfie podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash selfie podcast. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. A huge thanks to Shepherd Audio for our intro music. Take care.